0: Hello, <laughs> welcome to our new studio at Wattar. I know we can't, I get it. We can't read the, the the neon sign, which is the coolest idea ever, but we're working on it because our camera's going to get better. At Wattar, this is Why Are We Talking About Rabbits. Today, ha, Ben Stamper, filmmaker, and I mean, I do mean extraordinaire. I mean, I really shouldn't pump these guys up. They hate when you do this but I I can watch his stuff all day long. Um, really profoundly, um, thoughtful artist doing some really important things, films, writing books and writing a screenplay, uh, and a friend. He's won a number of awards. He's written a number of great films, including, um, the deep place, Jonah Grisha. He's worked on all kinds of stuff in the industry. Um, but if you want someone who's serious about about their work, this is the place to go. So our immersion series continues with Ben Stamper. Ben um I mean we can tell everybody that we I screwed up but we don't have to Andrew you can cut this no, out We don't have
1: to <laughs> well back you know, I mean it's interesting you I think you can say just enough to peak people's curiosity yeah but no more well we're we're back
0: ben stamper and i and we were talking you see we did a little studio for watar it's are we talking about rabbits you're the first one maybe the second one we painted it and then we bought these neon signs from china and we realized my current camera doesn't really pick them up. But behind me is a camera that, I mean, a, a neon sign. I've got two of them, actually. Neither one is picked up properly. But you know what they're, they're doing? They're phrases from West Africa that you find on the top of buses and lorries when the driver sort of names their rig. Hmm. So behind me is Mr. Who You. working on getting that clear but so mr who you question mark (laughs) is some sort of translation from Freetown and it's deeply profoundly philosophical but I'm not sure he was trying to do that
1: yeah yeah
0: um we've got another one coming up the voice of Japan number four and we like that one because no one knows at all what that means whatsoever which is part of the absurdity of watching western culture clash with african west african culture and
1: all the ad- adaptations from the west
0: it's fascinating
1: so yeah yeah that's i look forward to seeing the next one and and i i what i'm really fascinated by is just the little little bit of uh an object under your light that appears to be a bicycle horn. Or un, not under your light, under, yes, your, you under your microphone.
0: Yeah. That's that's perfect. You got to realize, in the end, I think we're saved by something
1: like humility,
0: which has to be something like laughter. It just has
1: Absolutely. to Absolutely. Yeah, the two are so linked together. The, the, yeah. I think the thing that I... The my my greatest terror in life, uh, the thing that that strikes the deepest, just just feelings of horror within me is when I meet somebody without a sense of humor. It, <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's, it's really, it's the most terrifying thing. I just want to, I just want to quietly walk out of the room backwards when I encounter somebody with with that is void of of humor, because I think. It is so tied to humility, yeah, and to this idea that there's the world doesn't revolve around us, yeah. and yeah, and I think when you when you lack humor, it's when you uh, are hoodwinked into thinking that that it it does
0: utterly, and it applies really to all things, even talking about theology or anything. It's in the end, I, I always want to add, I think, <laughs> you know, like, da 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 And I I think <laughs> because in the end, my, you know, my craniums yeah. that big, like, it, yeah, I, I, I'm i not doing very well at thinking. So I'll try to throw that in there and make it funny. But, you know, that's what we're trying to do on our pod is heavy things lightly. So here we are. Guys, this yeah. is Ben Stamper. So your films are beautiful. I looked at some more. Oh, uh, good! I'm glad. I'm glad. I, that think you... I, I think I want to talk about Jonah a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but tell us, tell us about immersion as per you going under during the creative process of making a film. What is the immersive process i mean how lost do you get
1: yeah i i am i love that question i love the idea of immersion as a as an image to the creative process to this idea of 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 really anything that is not um not straightforward i think for me the immersion when i go to make a film or do a painting or or write or, or sing or whatever immersion is, I think it starts in a place of self forgetting. Mm. It's it's for me, it's I know if I'm immersed in something, if I've forgotten myself, if I've forgotten, if I if I become less, so that something else becomes greater, and that at that point then i know that i'm i'm being absorbed into the thing and that for me is if that doesn't happen then then uh i know that i haven't um dipped in i haven't dipped below the surface right right right, right of of the process or of I haven't investigated enough. I haven't dug deep enough, and it's just staying staying on the surface of things. And um, so that's uh, that feels to me just a uh, number one absolute essential is the self forgetting. This idea that yeah. uh, because you know our perception uh, when we look at the world, our perception is abstract. You know, we perceive things abstractly, and Um, you know we my whole my whole desire as a as an artist is to observe first and recognize later and that's really kind of my guiding principle um and and i think that that hopefully spills out into the rest of my life beyond my art making practice Mm -hmm. that because it's it's you know it's dealing with ideas of, of assumption and ideas of, of, you know, how we place ourselves in relation to the rest of the world. Mm. But, but, if but if you don't sort of move beyond, if you if you stay on the level of seeing what you think, you know, um, and, and recognize and only in recognition, then, then it doesn't, you're not really tapping into the potential of a thought or of an idea or of a theme in your work and and i i think that the so much of what we are facing today is this idea that of of like premature art making Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. where it's it's kind of this idea that it's been stripped of process, and it's it's become just about the either the myth of the art maker or of the product itself, and yeah. it, and so I liken it to we're kind of burning green wood. Um, we're 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 not letting the wood season, you know. Um, mm. And and I we we here in the Northeast, you know, we supplement as much of our heat as possible with, with uh, our wood stove, you know, burning wood. And yeah, I was stacking wood the other day, and just thinking about, about this, um, this idea, you know, of like you, it takes time, it takes time to prepare wood to burn properly, you can burn green wood, it will, it will burn, if if you are persistent enough. But it's not good uh it's not good for the atmosphere it's not good for the heat index you know of of how much heat it's producing it's not good for it it's more labor it's just you know but you can do it yeah it smells but you can you can do it if you want but it's just not it's not it's not how it's meant really it's not it's not maximizing the potential of the wood so are you does that imply that we go too fast i
0: yeah chop and
1: burn chop and burn chop and burn burn. it's it's about it's about getting to the you know it's about the instant and getting to the the end result Mm. as fast as possible Mm. but it's not really efficient you know it's it's in the name of efficiency but it's not it's it's just sort of jumping over the the process and so you know these are huge generalities but i i think sure. for me this this is something i'm trying to um always be mindful of in my own art making is just to allow the process to unfold in a way that um retains some type of artistic integrity mm-hmm. but also that is is helping me go beyond my assumptions about what i'm dealing with what i'm what type of work i'm what what type of thing I'm making a film about what type mm-hmm. of person I'm sitting across from when I'm either you know in sort of a formal interview or if it's more of a narrative storytelling uh, what really it's just about making sure that I'm availing myself of of the process that we we all are familiar with but so often we shortcut and and just making sure okay is this am i allowing myself to be immersed in this moment am i being present fully present um So, so let's speak on behalf of i i
0: think we're both blessed in some way to be able to do that here's a question what do you do when them mind when you hear this sound in your soul or your mind and sort of time is money. And because it's that voice, I would call it crushes people, but I think most of us think of that voice as good, like moving you forward. Um, Can you stay immersed in a culture that puts a clock on you all the time in the name of efficiency?
1: Can we do it? Is it sustainable definitely it's 100 percent sustainable but it's not easy and it's, you can do it it's i mean it's a lifelong venture right, right? to to live this way because it is a, a it is a contradictory or it's contradicting the 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 sort of uh the way that our it's not just our current culture it's just human right. nature yeah. it's, it's i, I like think human, it's important humanity mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not about social media or it's not about technology it's it's about our heart yeah and and that's to me so yeah it's a lifelong discipline but it's a spiritual discipline that that mm-hmm. i i mean you meet people that have are further down this road than than you are yeah and you you recognize oh that person they They know how to yeah they know how to abide right they know how to to exist um in a way that's that's not so transactional yeah
0: yeah I I think how this could be maybe a little get me in trouble but so like if you jump into a pond I don't know where in a dirty, let's just call it a dirty pond. I don't know in a, in a suburb of Boston. <laughs> I don't know where you should expect to get what's in the pond on you. And we're in a culture. That's a kind of a pond and everything in the culture is going to get on us. And one of the things I'm thinking about a lot lately, um, I think one thing that's getting on us is the autistic mind. So I don't want people to hear that as bad or good, but it's a type of zero and one mind. It's a type of one, zero, one, zero mind. It's a, and I think what what I see a lot, especially as we interview folks to go overseas, we're looking for like affability is, affability is a skill we're looking for. I know that sounds weird, but um, affability and humility allow you to learn language and live in really tough situations with people who can't understand you. The ones and zero mind does not the that mathematical mind does not, and I wonder if part of what we call the rise of autism or the rise of I don't know um, uh, unsocial or le- less than social behavior. I don't think it has anything to do with medicine and synapses, and I I think we're in a pond that teaches us to be. I don't want to use the word autistic but kind of, (laughs) it teaches Mm -hmm. us to think a certain way. And I think some people identify that as like illness, but I wonder if it's just not our culture. I wonder if not, It's we're becoming the machine on some level. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that crazy idea? I can't shake that idea.
1: Yeah, I I like the idea of likening it to the machine. And it seems like a more apt uh, metaphor than, or a more apt way to talk about it than an autistic mind. Just because I, I've worked a lot with folks on the spectrum. And so often they're what we designate as characteristics of autism weren't present in these people, or if they're present, they manifest in such different ways, Mm -hmm. just in in terms of the the social cues or the, the 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 sort of lack of emotional mm. uh, intelligence that we often associate with uh, an autistic mind and what I've found in my experience and working with that community is it's it's so it's not only not that it's so it's it's just the opposite of that I've oh, found that's nice that interesting the, the the folks I've worked with have such a high emotional intelligence and are are so empathic and, and able to, um, in a sense, put themselves in someone else's shoes, and to not have it be. And yes, there are issues often with uh, the, the idea of spontaneity, or the idea of something being like a plan changes, right, or like something unexpected happens, it's outside of the program. Um, I found that often, people with autism, they just, they express what is going on in all of our minds, but they just happen to express it in a much more forceful way. (laughs) You know, where like this idea (laughs) of the plan shifts. And that's, that's incredibly hard for us to navigate well into adulthood when we have our when we have our plan when we have our program and it changes uh mm. through no fault of our own it's just that's life and how we deal with that um, we have so many ways to deal with that um that are some are some are are incredibly destructive and so yeah often i just i've, I've found that wow that person is just vocalizing what's going on inside of my heart, but I'm, I'm too socialized to, to let it out. And um, but the machine. That's something that I feel like is really a a really good way to talk about it. I I think I can't think of that word now without thinking of Paul King's north, I know shout out to Paul. Um, But yeah, yeah, but it's it's absolutely it's, it's a riveting. We live in this riveting time where we, you're just seeing I, I feel like people like Paul are just slowly pulling, pulling away the tarp and revealing yeah. what has been underneath fermenting for, for so many years.
0: I mean, I was looking back at some of our old podcasts. I realized it's like podcast after podcast after podcast. That's basically what we were doing here and didn't know it. And then I said, who's this Kingsnorth guy? Of course, he's down the road as a pro. He's a pro writer doing his thing. And I realized this is this is the subculture. You're in it. I mean, you know, Jonathan Paggio and Father Silwan. There's this subculture. And, of course, it's not just Orthodox. Yeah. I had a crazy table the other night with some evangelicals or just, you know, non-denominational Christians at, at the restaurant. I was the tamada, and um, the language being used. Now this is a public place, right? It's ten people sitting around toasting. The language being used, and you know, if you if you've noticed, uh, um, in the within the Protestant sort of renewal movement, they use the word Orthodox all the time, small O. Have you noticed that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it, I, that was a term that I frequently used before I became Orthodox myself.
0: You did. So this is yeah, new to me. Yeah. Now, it begs about 30 questions, which we can get into, but we don't really have to because I want to talk about your arts more. But the language at the table with all these folks who, you know, we're doing a Georgian dinner with Georgian Orthodox themes. You know, They're not overt. They're not hitting you in the head, but. But, the, the way these folks were grappling with these ideas was very old world, yeah, but they're still you know, they're like the most light people, new world kind of mm-hmm. Christians there are. Mm-hmm. something's going on. that's kind of my yeah. point, you know, what yeah, I mean? and yeah,
1: I think it's, yeah, i it seems like uh that it seems like rod can't write his new book fast enough <laughs> <laughs> about re-enchantment yeah, I agree. It, it's it, too late, it seems, it's like, too late. It seems like the presses are warmed up everybody's waiting at the door wondering when he's <laughs> going to finish that book because it it i think it just codifies what you're talking about this this there's something in the air there's some yeah there's some spiritual thing going on where people are they are hungry for reenchantment. they're hungry for this Crazy. idea of of returning to these cisterns and these wells that actually held water yeah, that aren't man. that aren't cracked that 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 are still sound and and the the process of digging digging and unearthing those cisterns that that are still not only sound, but but necessary for modern life. It's that was not a matter of nostalgia. Yeah, it's not a matter of going back to the way things were. It's a matter of, oh, we actually need these things to exist and be fully human in this modern life. Because without these, without these ways, without these old ways, we we will be completely absorbed into the machine.
0: Yeah. Wow, I, uh, I I try to talk to people that way, which is you guys aren't really doing an old world table. You're just doing a table that's always existed in in the in the soul of man. We just forget, and some ep- epochs or eras we forget more than others. This is one of the really important things, I think, especially for you. You're, I mean, are you guys still meeting? By the way, you and John the Peugeot, Father Silwan, do you guys get together still and talk about art and
1: Yeah, it's sort of a group that um, Jonathan and uh, Nicholas Kotar, Nick, yeah, uh, began as just a way to gather creative people who are um, often, many of them are uh, orthodox, or at least uh, skirting around the edges of orthodoxy, Mm -hmm. or at Mm -hmm. least that type of thinking um it's not certainly there's no requirement uh by any means but just the idea of a of of a, engaging in an artistic practice that that acknowledges the Im- importance of the old world and yeah yeah so it's it's definitely something that is continuing you know and um growing people are are um you know being, we're, we're, I feel like the the ripples are spreading out and we're slowly, I think, gathering more, more people that are, are interested in these ideas. Hey, let's take a quick break.
0: Guys, if you wanna check out First Things Foundation because you want to travel and live for two years, one of our sites, you found the right spot. This is an ad spot for cool people who wanna join. First things, we need field workers. 2023, we're looking at Guatemala, likely the Georgia Republic. But most of all, we need intrepid people who have a sense of the affable and who can laugh at themselves. We love those people. Think about two years in the field with first things foundation check us out online at www.first-things.org write to daniel and daniel will begin the process of putting you into the most beautiful and difficult two years of your life first things father Silwan, who's up dear to me i knew him in new york city before he was he was over it he was over at um Oh, what's the art school? At Hunter. Where, at Hunter College, yeah. So he, he's always like, yo, John, you know something. It's not like you bringing something back. It's always been here, man. It's always <laughs> been here, man. <laughs> you got to stop saying on. old world, no world, man. It's it's a simulacrum in your mind. Like, you're not seeing it clearly. <laughs> and I'm always like, gosh, he's always, he's always right, but he's also yeah. just yeah. the nuttiest monk ever. I love this dude. But... I think it's important because I get, tri- you know, I love history and I get down a rabbit hole, Boom chink, wait, rabbit hole. Um, Because it's fun to do the polemic and beat up the new world, but it's kind of not a real thing on some level. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's
0: just people living and, you know, remembering or not. I think that's a good way to think of it. But mm-hmm. so is this stuff get into your film? Talk, talk about. Well, let's talk about Jonah maybe for a second because I sent this to my daughters and they're like, wow, who who is this guy? And my daughters are black and brown people. You know, my wife is a black woman from New York city. And so they're like, who is this guy? And then they all went, wait, he's white. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Oh, he's a white guy. So you made this cool film about, well, what it's about, first of all, tell us, in, in your mind, and then, how does your race figure into making this story about essentially a, a, a conversation about slavery?
1: Yeah, this Jonah is a is a short. It, it could be described as a dance film, or or kind of a choreographic film. It involves a, a black man who's who's using dance as the primary language of the film um this his his movement and his dance are are really telling the story along with the uh voiceover um mm. uh, that's that's taking place that kind of uh articulates uh the movement and and re reinterprets the movement and this film is directed by my uh creative partner andrew ellis and and we kind of it it kind of became a a project where um andrew went into the making the film with one idea which is essentially was a dance film within like these these cool settings uh, half in the new york city subway and half mm-hmm. in you know on on the um uh this beautiful area um in rockaway that you know on the ocean um and and contrasting those two locations and and creating this really cool dance film and yeah, it is. when he gave me the the footage i then i i mean it, it was a solid solid piece already what he had made and and just the more i looked at it and the more i looked through the footage i just i just really kind of pulled it all apart and then it it's, it was just about listening to the footage and listening to yeah. the movement and w- watching the movement and really learning what it was, w- what it was wanting, w- learning what it was asking for. And then pretty early on, I started scouring the Library of Congress for these old recordings of um, these, these incredible accounts of relatives of former slaves. And and they had this—they had this whole bank of recordings, of these field recordings, where this uh, this one uh, gentleman just went around and and captured these stories. And the, I really recommend them. Uh, just just going to the Library of Congress and searching for these. I've got to do this. I really yeah, want to do this. they're 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 so riveting and 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 just in such re this is such recent history and Mm -hmm. so um we all know that but just then just hearing the recordings drive drive that home in in such a powerful way so yeah it's a first person account of their arrival from africa essentially yeah yeah and it's it's um very yeah it's it's this particular recording um this person is telling it as if it's a first person but it's he's actually a relative of, That's right. uh, of of a former slave um because the technology wasn't there um to record first person accounts but uh when i stumbled upon this particular recording i was struck by the idea that he was relating his story and his family's story to the story of jonah yeah and this idea the 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 center the centerpiece of this narrative is this idea that as a as a baby he was on the ship um, from africa and the rest of his uh you know the the rest of the slaves wanted to throw him overboard because they saw him as a he must be a curse yeah um to to their to their you know, to what has happened, and to their future and to their future prospects, um, and being enslaved and, and being shipped to this foreign land. And yeah. uh, so they, they conspired to throw the baby overboard. Uh, and he wasn't, he was, he was rescued, he, he was, he, they refrained. But it was that idea that this is, if we make a sacrifice on the behalf of all of us, then, then then the God's anger will subside right and and that was when I stumbled upon that account then I knew that I wanted to use that to interpret the movement mm-hmm. that um that Ernest Baker the dancer yeah he's fantastic Did in the film yeah this is Ernest is uh, a a long time collaborator we've done so many works with him and he's a great filmmaker in his own right and he's uh as we've worked with him he's uh, slowly started to make his own films and and now teaching out in la um with his wonderful family so he it's someone that we andrew and i have really just he's he's a brother to us and and someone who um who has just been so uh so Artistically grounded um, and, yeah. and really helped us understand, um, you know, as we we often do make films that involve choreograph choreography or dance mm-hmm. of some some type. And Ernest has really helped us to unpack, like, what that, how to interpret dance on film, and and so, as I that's a long way around um, from where I was, but just the the idea that uh i was getting at the idea of just listening to the footage right listen to the material that we had and not just kind of stepping back and and Mm -hmm. letting it germinate a little bit and and then starting to piece together something that that it felt like this is what it was supposed to be all along we just didn't know it and that's often that's often part of my process is yeah it's kind of like question you know, yeah jackson pollock when he would he would often talk about his painting process as you know he would listen to the painting and he he really felt like the painting was an, something autonomous something that was yes it was coming from him but he he wasn't we often think of abstract expressionism as this idea of the artist just saying, I'm going to express myself, right. And, and Jackson Pollock, that that was like the furthest thing from his mind, he, and uh, as much as I can speak for somebody else and and their artistic process, he was he really was about leaning in, and not, not um, forcing his will on a painting, and letting the painting speak to him. And it was really and he he learned that way more from Native American painting and and um, I see. decoration and and so that's at least that's that's what he uh claims. So that's I think there's a lot of value in that in terms of filmmaking and and using a script or using a project parameter uh and the fences around a project as a launch pad, as a starting point, knowing that at some point you're gonna you're gonna jump the fence but it's just knowing when to jump the fence and 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 how far to go outside of that so so using terms that i think i understand which
0: you know in my kind of my kind of beast my beast mind i think a lot of people might think this way too let's do a continuum zero no plan a hundred jot and tittle plan in other words six year business plan for like, you know, Walmart, a hundred, no plan and zero. How do you go into a project? How much of it do you see far into advance? And here's my question on that continuum. Do you say to yourself, this is what I wanna say, which would call, to me, that's a plan. You know, that's maybe a 10 on the continuum of a hundred. At least you you know you wanna say something where are you on the continuum as the project is being you know is coming to fruition or or i shouldn't say that before it comes to fruition as you get ready to do it how would you how would you characterize that that the continuum
1: yeah i i would say i'm not i'm not yet good enough at my craft to have no plan and i think the better you are at something the more it appears that you don't have a plan um or some kind of you know some kind of you need you do need parameters and you do need you do need a clear uh boundary and boundary lines you need to begin each project with with some kind of constraint because otherwise the the dough that's rising will just spill out over everything it just won't there's no container for it um so there i always begin with some type of of pretty strict parameters, whether it's, it, it could be a parameter that's like, this has to be two minutes long, or this has to, you know, this can't exceed 15 minutes, or I it see. could be, a, you know, or it could often there are several, several uh containers, and several parameters that that you're working within, right. but it partly depends on if if the nature of of the film, and, and if the film is for a client who wants a product or if the film is something that is something that is my what i would consider my own work in my own investigation and something that is not directly tied to uh commerce or the market Mm. but something that is just my own artistic uh, exploration and those two things even even if it's something that's purely from my own, from my own interests, it still has lots of parameters, but right,
0: right, right, But right.
1: they're different. And they're different. It's a different set of priorities. And um, so usually, if it's a client, if, if it's if it's work that's done for a client, there are Yeah, there's set parameters that you, you work mm-hmm. within, And there's often a set goal of this is what we want to communicate. And so in that sense, the client work is more like illustration, I see. And and you're you're going into it knowing the end result. Hopefully, um client work can be really rewarding and it can be really good as long as the end result supersedes the original intention. Mm-hmm. If it only stays within fulfilling the brief or fulfilling the stated goals, then it's a piece of crap yeah and well that, that's it's just right. not it's not going anywhere and it's just you're just paying the bills which there is great benefit to that as well in terms of like a tangible um outcome of supporting your family
0: and you've come to peace with that you
1: must have yeah yeah absolutely and there's like i'm i'm all about um like i have the highest respect for wedding videographers and people who fulfill a very specific service within yeah. the filmmaking or videography industry i have tremendous respect for those they work so hard and they they are under such stress to right, right do right. their job stress that i like i've i've Done two weddings in my life and and, and just said <laughs> I will never do that again. It's too much stress. I life is too short. I but can't some see are, you doing a wedding. For some reason, you, I'm not. You don't want to see. You don't want to see me do do that kind of work. It's, it's, a, it's You and the a bride dream, right? don't seem like you'd have a good relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think you're hey, right.
0: Listen, it's gonna be fine. I really like your dress. I promise it's gonna go well. <laughs> She's just not happy. Yeah, I see, it. that's a hard yeah. thing. In the group yeah, so, around, not yeah, sure what's yeah. happening. Oh, God Lord, that would be a tough no,
1: time. no, 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 thank you. Um, I would rather go, I would rather have my teeth extracted without anesthesia. Um, <laughs> well, we hired but... <laughs> we
0: hired my buddy, who was also the quote limousine driver, which was actually just a four-door sedan. Um, all of his pictures had a black streak like the behind me, that black streak right through the middle of the photo. We have no idea why. We're like I think a demon visited us. My wife yeah. was two and a half hours late. She wore a black dress, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get into it one time on a different conversation. <laughs> I have friends who still think she was doing a protest wedding, but that's not <laughs> what happened. She was in search of a dress early on the yeah. morning of our wedding. It is a great story for another time. So here's another question. Yes. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to circle back <laughs> before you ask your next question. All that is to say that, yes, um the client work is a it's a it, it's good in its context but really it has to it, you you have to strive to um to supersede the 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 assignment yeah and then and then it it it's worth looking at and i what's think what's the that-
0: hardest part about doing your call it independent non-client self-driven piece what's the most difficult thing
1: and for my own personal work yeah
0: it's it's your film i don't know you've already been forget funding on that anyway let's say funding yeah. might be the hardest but other than that when you start a project what's the thing that just it's bugaboo for you it's and it's your project
1: i think the for me the thing that i'm always coming up against is I mean it goes it for me it goes back to that idea of of creating something without well terence malik calls it the stench the stench of human intention and and that's love that guy that's i i fully i fully resonate with that great phrase yeah the create trying to to not force your will on on a set of images and sounds that will you it's the restraint of 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 it's the it's a refusal to take part in propaganda, you know, and propaganda can take so many forms, it yeah. can be spiritual propaganda, it can be, it can be cultural, it can be political, whatever. But the I, that that stench of human intention. That's what it is. It's it's a form of propaganda, and artistic propaganda. Um, self. It's it's putting the self forward. It's putting the wow. if you know every any good cinematographer worth their weight will will say, I want my work to be invisible. I don't want people to notice my cinematography because the second they notice it, it's distracting to the story, and yeah, wow. often often, if you, if you let yourself get in the way, and you, 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 in the back of your mind are thinking, Oh, this shot, you know, this shot has to be in the film, because it's the best shot I've ever created. It's the best image I've ever created. And if you force it in the film, and it has no place to be in there, then you've just ruined the piece. Because you haven't killed your darlings, you haven't, you Mm. haven't been willing to sacrifice your Isaac and, and, and and instead of it being where it should be on the cutting room floor, you are, you are saying, I want the world to see how, how good I am or sensitive I am or attuned I am, I am or educated I am or cultured I am. And it's about you and it's not about the work anymore can, can so i tell you oh no yeah can ahead. i tell you a
0: story i have to tell you this story it happened just saturday um and i wasn't there so but i know this this man very well so again it goes back to our restaurant and uh we have tamada. he's directing the table he's deeply dipped in the georgian tradition. He understands the liturgical parts of this table. And he's also a war veteran. He fought in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Now, the stench of human intention, right? That's because I want to hear what you think about this. Sitting right next to him, he's brought a friend, also a vet. And between these two guys, they've seen a lot. I I don't need to get into stories, but let's just put it's a lot of limbs, a lot of bad stuff. And so we, there's always a toast at the table public, private, whatever, whenever we get together at these dinners, to the dead, um, often the fifth toast. So why am I telling you this story? Because everyone stands, he offers the toast, the poetic words to the dead. Uh, Artamada did this, and then at the table were very nice people. There were 20, you know, they're strangers to one another, more or less. And at the other end was a person going through a, a transition, the trans, I, I believe it was a woman into a man. Um, fascinating, right? The table can handle all this, but at the ta- toast for the dead, this person, you know, people are toasting to their dead grandmother. And this person toasted to their dead self, the one that had died. I think her name was Cynthia. I don't remember the name of the person. It's not really relevant. But the trans man, I believe, it was named the dead woman. Mm -hmm. Now, this is fascinating to me because you have someone experiencing something like a death. I I don't want to say what it is to them, but you can feel, you feel the temptation right now of my Tamada friend who I love to death. One of my most, I love this person who's seen people be blown to bits, his friends with names. And he said, my ears got red. Because... I don't want to hear that you're alive. You see, and he got his friend got even more. You could feel their end of the table becoming a little heated. Now, mm-hmm. what are they heated about? The stench of human intention was like dragging them into this potential. And this is what a can never do. Never. Mm-hmm. He can't put his intention on that toast
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: because he'll destroy the table because the table is the, the living icon of, of the altar. Now mm-hmm. it's not the sacramental altar in the sense it's not the Orthodox altar. Mm-hmm. So everyone is invited in that sense, but he was telling me, and he's from Jersey. He's like, John, I'm telling you, my friend and I, I wanted to kill this guy. I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? You're toasting to someone who's alive. Okay. And I'm sitting here trying to toast to someone who's actually dead. But he said to me, but I couldn't do it. Cause I knew if I did it. And I think what he's trying to say is the stench of human int- his intention would have gotten the table into a some weird polemical place where now his intention is versus his attention, her intent. And now you have this thing yeah. that is a destruction to the human soul. And I'm yeah. so proud of him because he went, so I said, Gagi Marjos, which is to you, it's cheers to you, the victory. Yeah. And the table went on at the end. There's pictures. I saw pictures. Everyone's hugging. What does that mean? I don't know what this means. To me it's like he, a it's like a miracle, but I don't know. Who, who,
1: what is his name? The the, the Tamada is the term. No, so I mean what is the Tamada's name? His name uh, is the, Evan, Evan. Yeah, I mean I think in this case Evan he kept the table in one piece. Yeah. And he kept it from being divided. Yeah. And that's that that takes. I mean, that's like judo. That's like <laughs> <fire's> <laughs> perfect phrase. Yeah. a good phrase. It really is. It's 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 everything that everyone is shouting in our ears not to do. I Just think it's your doing. films too. I think. I hope so. And Malik so. and
0: beautiful filmmakers. They're. I love this phrase. You really I'm so happy about it. I'm going to talk to our guys about I think they're doing yeah. that. They're resisting the temptation of human intention. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cuz it's a, it's it it requires in order to do that it requires that you place yourself last. Yes. It requires all of the spiritual disciplines that that we're told we should practice to be one with God, but it 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 requires the self control and the, and the mm. restraint and the and the not and the love of others more than ourselves the just this I the where self interest goes to die, you know, it's in this realm. And um, I was at uh, last night, uh, I'm still buzzing from the service. Last night, uh, the canon of St. Andrew. Mm. And and there's this one phrase in the in the liturgy that we were singing that i it just it it hit me in a in a way that i've never i never expected and um i wrote it down it it, it this phrase is i am i am the lost coin bearing your royal likeness a word therefore light my lamp to find and re- and renew that which was created in your image, yeah. and I, when I sung that, I just I had to stop and 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 write it down because read it again, Ben. That is just ridiculous. I am I am the lost coin bearing your royal likeness. O word, therefore, light my lamp to find and renew that which was created in your image. That's that's what we're talking about. Yes and and it's it's it is the work of a peacemaker it is the work of a bridge builder it is this is the the work is going back to uh, uh the the phrase that we spoke about earlier becoming less so that something else can become greater yeah, yeah. and in that in the case of the tamadon on the table you know and the, the idea of, of breaking bread together communing together toasting together being present together um that's that's what that greater thing is you know maybe that's what
0: art is maybe.
1: To, I mean, to me art is and you've heard me say this before um that it's not it's not about for me it's i don't understand art as a means of self-expression you know i understand it as collective yeah comprehension that when we encounter a work of art um then it it has to we have there has to be a, a a bettering and a and a and a greater comprehension of ourselves and of of the universe by encountering that art not just as a private matter but as a society and a, as a collective people yeah and and i would hope i mean that's hundred percent like if if any of my films can can reach that zenith then then i can sleep at night and uh, that's because that's really that's where it has to that's the goal what
0: are you going to work on next what do you want to do um
1: i'm writing a script right now that Uh, i'm really taking taking my time with but it's it's been a while since i've written a script i think since i did grisha um i
0: highly recommend that for folks listening grisha gr we'll put it in the show notes yeah
1: yeah it's a adaptation of a tolstoy short story um but this this script that i'm writing now is is um it's just a it's really a, a story that's been birthed out of several conversations that I've had lately of people who are um planning their futures um they they they're choosing not to have children because of the sake of the climate um and and really embracing the idea that that refraining from um from having children is is the most efficient and most impactful way that they can uh, save the planet. So I've, I've you, found you myself, know, folks that are doing this. Yeah, yeah. And I find fa- yeah. myself in the past year, having more and more conversations with friends who are either of that, of that persuasion, or, or are having those conversations with, with with friends just actively, sure. where it's, it's much more in the air, and openly talked about as a as a reasonable and and a responsible option and um this is this is something it's a thought that's new to me it's a thought it's i'm i'm kind of late coming to the i think this has been something that's been talked about at least in smaller circles since since the 60s but um but let's it's be honest, like we that, didn't that
0: we didn't hear this coming up. I mean, we this yeah. is not it wasn't serious conversation, but no, Yeah, they, I mean I think
1: it. in more in, in more elite circles it was it was something that right, um, right. You know uh, was always in a Malthusian um, kind of weigh in thing, on it. What do you think yeah. about this thought that's bouncing around? Well, I guess it, this what this film's me, gonna be about. Yeah, for me, uh like so many of so many of my films and of, of my work in general i i embark on a project to, i embark on a piece of art to understand what i don't understand mm, yeah, it's it's really to it's really to um like it's a full examination and exploration of of a person or an idea yeah. or a theme and so when i started having these conversations I mean, I, I certain like I can unequivocally, unequivocally say that I don't abide by that philosophy. I think it's, I think it's really not um, helpful in do you way. want to understand, therefore, I want to, they, I want to understand are... it, because it's something that has come upon us. It's not something that I agree with. But it's something that that's, this is the hour we're in. And so i have to understand it i have to understand how how this how this mindset is is becoming main a uh, mainstream and
0: yeah because it is
1: i'm yeah. seen, seen as a, a seen as a responsible and and educated um response to the changing climate and and um so that's 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 really been the the germ of this this story that i'm writing and ha, the, do you have the a protagonist it. do you are you there yet yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah where's the where is it set
0: can can you tell us or not really
1: yeah it's it's just set in middle america um and probably um a, well it's set in like a urban setting like chicago something something mm-hmm. that's very kind of like right down the center,
0: known to us, yeah, and
1: known to us in the not so distant future. Um, and the protagonist is definitely on the side of of this, uh, fully being a full believer in in this idea of of, um, you know, really doing his part to to um, combat climate change. And and so I, but it but it the the, the way the story goes is that it it starts to impact um, people that he doesn't anticipate and and people that he he cares about deeply and and so um it's not uh, it's not a film that I, I'm writing to protest climate change or right to, right right, right. Uh, you know in any way shape or form. Um, because I think that those things are, are real and those things are things that we have to face. Um, but I, I, I'm definitely in the camp of, uh, I'm definitely in camp Kings North of the idea that we're not fighting it with, with, uh, you know, this sort of technocratic, uh, response, right. you know, we have to fight it with the, the full force of humanity. And that's the only way that we can really, um, embrace the moment we're in well can i put you on and as we finish up here can
0: i put you on on the spot by inviting you to something where i think paul kings north is going to go well he's very interested anyway right now and jonathan pageot too but we're doing a culinary event this is the full force of humanity (laughs) and it's my hope uh it's a fundraiser but it's a culinary event uh we bring down our our Georgian Ukrainian chef person who I love. Um, uh, I've got a buddy in the Keys in Florida who has a hotel. We're putting it together right now. This is going to be in the fall, something probably like October, November Mm. could be September. But right now the event is sort of the philosophy and symbolism of the supra of this dinner that I was telling you about. Um, the full force of humanity. I think hospitality saves the world because I mean, it's the notion of healing in the hospital. Uh, and we're going to put it together and rent out these rooms and do a seminar on this concept and bring in a couple speakers. And I would love for you to come down there and spend, you know, probably two nights, three nights, and look for these dates. Okay, you are formally invited. I know Father well, Silwan
1: really wants to go. Yeah, let's I, I, uh I'm already there. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, I'm, you can count me in, and That's we'll fine. feast.
0: But we'll also, you know, we'll tie in so much of what I think this subculture is about, which will we'll, we'll tie in weird oddities about this tradition, but demonstrate how they actually are the participation in reality, and um why the table is what it is and why the ground is where it is. And it's a very cool conversation from this ancient yeah. Georgian mist of history. So, um, so it sounds
1: like it needs to happen.
0: Oh yeah. I, we got a couple of people really excited about it and um, definitely Paul's talking about it. So uh, I won't leave it at that. There's more to say. Will you, will you come back and we'll keep talking?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime it's always a pleasure tell
0: us well i'll put all these cool things that you've done and that you're doing we'll put them into the page so that people can find you and i'm not we're still talking you and i about uh you know we placed our two guys in mozambique they're there oh, great um, Excellent. And so they would love visitors so you and i should talk about that as yeah. a as a film piece
1: yeah i would love to uh get into day, a day in a life of of their experience with first things yeah you would just oh gosh man
0: i'm gonna <laughs> we have to make that happen you have yeah. all the right pacing and you know th- this profound noetic way of approaching things um, yeah i think i think
1: the, that it it's it's served it's served me well in the the harsher and the more unpredictable environments that I find myself mm. in mm. over the years and, and in the film, you know, creating films in a, in environments where you are really the outsider, and you're really the, you, you know, the least in the amount in the room. And yeah. that's, I really enjoy that, um, that position, because you have the mo- you stand to have the most to learn, right? It sounds and, like you would just yeah. that's your mojo that's the goal yeah. yeah that's that's when I feel like I'm actually making work is is when when uh it's kind of going back to that idea of parameters when when the fences are so right. you have so uh you have less to work with um and it's in it's in the least ideal uh circumstances and and uh that's that's when things get interesting and the stories become rich and wild. I love it well,
0: let's talk we'll keep talking so uh Ben Stamper, everybody and I love this is this Jasper is your is your wall Jasper green? Do you know
1: uh, the, yeah the behind me this is yeah. a it's actually a raven gray
0: a restaurant is about something like that at least you, is it a,
1: you, are, do you mean the painting or the the, the, the color of the wall? Yeah. The, the wall, it's probably reading as green, but it's, it's actually a, a pretty, a a little, it's a little darker than a, than a photographer's gray card.
0: I love it. Yeah. I want to also apologize to people listening for why, for how boring that was that I just pointed that out. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell am I doing? Oh Lord. All right, Ben, I'll see you. Um, God bless man. And, uh, Meet right. your people and your family, and let's keep talking. Uh, we will, I hope so. Sounds
1: great. Well, thanks so much, John. More to come.
0: Love you, man. Ben Stamper, guys, go check out his stuff. Ben StamperPictures um, dot You can reach him at Pictures at gmail because I don't know. I feel like everyone should know Ben, and what what great work, and what a thoughtful person. We're working on trying to get him over to Africa to do some film work for us. So if you're that person, you're like, I would like that to happen. Call me and help us make it happen. This is John at First Things, www.firstthings.org doing our podcast for and all about and in service to our field workers who are out there on four continents serving local people and helping them build capacity for their local projects. Check us out, support us, become a recurring donor and then join our community online where we get together once a month to talk about the important things. Check out our Substack. That's right, John hears heavy things done lightly. But if you really want to do something cool, um, be a part of our work, become a volunteer, Pray for us if that's what you do. That would be wonderful. Um, but come check out our website. Until then, nakamdes, au revoir, jusqu'à la prochaine fois, um What's another one? Come on, there's lots of them. Nyangadef um, actually, that means hello. That's not goodbye. Anyway, I'm forgetting some. Oh, hasta la vista. See you later.